Welcome to CT Startup. This is Dave Menard from Martha Kalina, and with me are my co-hosts. Eric Francis from Trifecta Ecosystems. Chris DeMauro from Sublime Exposure Online. And we have a special co-host this afternoon. Ojala Name with Reset. And uh, Ojala is joining us. We're here at the Connecticut uh, Convention Center for the Innovation Summit, CTC's uh, Connecticut Technology Council's 10th anniversary. And our guest at this particular podcast is Ira Yellen from I Need Home Care Now. Mm-hmm. Not later, not before, <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, your, your interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ira, why don't you tell us about I Need Home Care Now? Okay, well, I start the most basic. We're all going to die. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, live I, my, I live my life that I'm, like, I'm not going to die. This is the best <laughs> intro to a podcast yet. We're it, it all going to die. It is. <laughs> best five minutes. It's, it's, the, it's the quality in which we go. I lost my mother in February. And being a family caregiver, and my wife's been a long-term family caregiver, everyone around this table is going to deal with it somehow. Yep. Uh, in the United States, there's around 45 million. In Connecticut, 550,000 unpaid family caregivers. Mm-hmm. There, what I saw, I've been involved in this in industry for around 15 years, but around three or four years ago, I recognized that it's kind of like the uh, stepchild of all the health care. Eventually, people who are going to have to take care of, they're going to go home or they're going to go somewhere. And many families don't have resources and the money to hire people to do this. And what I saw when I was researching all this, I was working with home care agencies, hospitals, all the people get paid. But I saw families weren't and they were struggling. And uh, there were some statistics that came out that really startled me about it, that women mostly do this from 45 to 65. Up 60% of them actually die, you know, commit suicide because it's wow. overwhelming. And so you said you say sixty percent. Six percent. Oh, I was like Jesus. No, six percent, which is the highest <laughs> percentage for that age group of women, because they, the obligation of doing it. It's it, unfortunately, I mean, men do it, but it's mostly women doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so during the course of a year, it's it, it can really wear and tear you. And uh, living it myself and seeing what you have to do. Uh, I mean, my mother lived in Florida, and. I call it the banana republic of healthcare. <laughs> that you really, yeah. really have to do it. Actually, Connecticut is much better, Northeast. Um, and so, what do they need? Uh, I have also a marketing and PR firm called First Experience Communication. We do a lot of market research. And I thought before I decide what it was that we we're offering, let's go out and talk to family caregivers. Mm-hmm. And we just finished talking the past month over a hundred of them, kind of confirm what we're doing because we're building a brand new kind of launch pad or a, a launch on our website, or brand new website actually, uh, kind of guide them. Um, I don't know, kind of like a combination of you know, Angie's List, I guess, a combination of consumer reports, mm-hmm. combination ARP. And so we're kind of the last ones on the block and we saw the weaknesses and the strengths of many of the, where people go and they are searching, a million search all the time. And what we decided to do is that people wanted some sort of guide path. And they also wanted to build a community where they can talk to one another and find a way of dealing with it. And basically it boiled down to three kind of caregivers. Um, There's people like aging baby boomers who might not need it right now, but have to plan for the future. But they're the sandwich generation too, right? Um, No, this is combinations, one 45 to 65. So you're talking generation X baby boomers. They're aging right now. I'm 69 and the aging ones are 70, 71. And you're you're gonna get older and you're gonna have physical ailments. Mm -hmm. And so 
seeing my mother and relatives, I'm thinking, is this something I'm going to have to deal with? And if I'm going to live into my 90s, what's it going to be like? So there was a selfish component to this. So there are people who are, you know, want to know what to do. They need to plan for themselves, their family. They might not need it right now. There's ones who have all of a sudden it's thrown upon them. Mm-hmm. They have, might have had a loved one in a hospital and they come home and then they're on their own. They don't know what to do first. And the third level, which is the most interesting, people have been doing for quite a while. And it's creating a lot of problems in their family, their resources, who's doing what, sibling rivalries, prioritizing your life. It consumes you like another job. Uh, the average care family caregiver attending one over age of 75 is 42 hours a week. And so it becomes all-consuming. And so we're in the process now and finishing up and doing some beta testing and raising some money here but mostly up in Boston to do a beta test mostly in Massachusetts uh, up there because the ideal demographics and the size of the market there. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are right now. So it's been a journey and what I learned from it is that people want to be able to connect, mostly women, they want to build community, they want some places to go, they want a road map in order to do it, make it easy, intuitive. And it's the simpler site you build, the more complex it involves, the more cost it involves. So that's our background. So this, yeah, so sorry to remember, this is like very interesting to me um, because uh, previous to me doing the, the startup that I'm at right now, uh, for three years I was actually in this industry. So, um, so I actually uh, worked at a company that built modular home additions for handicapped and disabled individuals. Uh, so really we're talking about aging in place, right? We're talking about aging in place, keeping people in there. And we're, we're also talking about baby boomers, the baby boomer generation who built the nursing homes and are going to go fighting before they go into a nursing home. Yeah. Right? You know, like, it's, it's like, like the movie Thumb and Louise. Exa- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're going over the cliff. And so like this, so I got into this industry when I was 23. So imagine me, a 23-year-old guy, going to talk to, again, 45 to 55-year-old women who just have their mother who just fell down a flight of stairs and they don't know what to do and the whole thing. And it, and it kind of opened my eyes because you're right. I mean, these people are, the amount of people that are, are caregiving for either their, you know, their parents or their siblings or you know, whoever is, is unbelievable. The amount of gray hairs that they get just within two weeks of, of, of kind of doing it is, is unbelievable. And so this whole industry, I want to say, is that from, from a kid coming out of business school, it was like, I mean, huge potential, right? There's huge potential in this industry. And I didn't really realize how many people are, again, being cared for at home or the fact that a lot of people can't even stay in their own homes. They have to go to the nursing homes or they, they fall down the stairs and they stay in the rehab facilities because that's another big thing that kind of came up is that a lot of people are, once you go into a rehab facility, the, the hospital can, will not let you leave unless your house is capable of you know, staying there. And so um, it, it has been, it, just going into these, these families, it was just fascinating to see this whole other world that you don't hear about. But yet, once you're in it, you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna be doing that for my parents. Or I'm, I'm gonna, my parents are about to do that for my grandparents. And then you, it, everything starts spinning, being like, this is really gonna be a drain on our family. You well, know? I have millennium employees and they never thought about it, but they're seeing their mother or father, yeah. or mostly their mother, do it. And I said, it's affecting your life. Oh, for sure. Because your mother now is dealing with it. Mm. And they thought about it. And so she went around and talked to her friends, and they found half of them know within their family. Mm-hmm. Even though they don't have direct impact, they're seeing the impact in the family. Mm-hmm. So it filters all the way through the family. It's just the core of our society. Mm-hmm. And, and yet this is the stepchild of all health care oh, that yeah. is completely yeah. left aside because there's no money. Well, there's no. Well, there's no, there's money. There's there's plenty of money going into it. I mean, we're we're going to be bankrupt because of it. I mean, yeah, on the Medicare side and Medicaid yes. side, yeah, for but sure. not on families who don't qualify 
for the funding that comes well, from the, all this. Well, the families are getting bankrupt. Though. I mean, they don't really realize how much money that they like this health care. My, my mom just went through this with my grandfather. My grandfather passed away earlier this year. And, you know, the last four months of his life, she was you were saying 42 hours a week. I mean, that almost sounds low. She was working a full time job and running around taking my fa- uh, grandfather to doctor's appointments. Uh, just, you know, he needed 911 and my grandma's you know freaking out so my mom has to call 911 and it it becomes a second almost a third job at times it's actually also scary oh it's terrifying i I just uh so i have a personal experience with it myself i i uh i was about to go to law school um my father got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer um Mm. and then uh he passed away after about maybe a year after being diagnosed but before i left for law school i probably took about five or six months on on family medical leave act and i helped my mother take care of my father and it's not just the 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 experience was extremely difficult and it was extremely painful but also after he passed away for years i always wondered you know it was very tough and i was wondering did i do enough did i do it right was i helpful i mean you know you're not trained for this sort of thing you just you, you know i had no medical training no no care training. Um, you know, there was one time he got up in the middle of the night and nobody knew and he fell over and hit his head and we wound up having to take him to the hospital and, and, and so on. And after that, I slept with a baby monitor next to me, yeah. which you can't sleep with a baby monitor next to you when you're c- concerned about somebody. It was, it was a nightmare. Um, and so I, I absolutely agree with the need for this. Uh, and, and I understand how it can personally affect someone. Um, well, uh- and when my for my mother died, I mean, I was caregiving for it. It was a perfect laboratory. I'm doing this business, and I'm living at the same yeah. time. It got to the point, you know, we were putting in grab bars. And it got to a point, how high do you put a grab bar in a, in a shower? Mm. What do you do with a PERS, a P-E-R-S, a personal emergency yep. response system? Yep. What if she falls in a shower? How, is she going to be able to reach this thing? Do I put it is next it to the shower? Yep. Do I get rid of the things? What's in the shower? Mm-hmm. You can get almost 50 different kinds of chairs for a shower or a bathroom, wow. Amazon. Which one should I get? And so if you really get down to the nitty-gritty, making even decision, if you make the wrong decision even in a product, it can affect your mobility and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Most accidents of, care, of families or, uh, that are, who have problems at home, it's usually in the bathroom or the kitchen. Yep. And yeah, actually, yeah, and one of the big issues with home care agencies actually too is that uh, when they're caring for somebody at their house, and their bathroom isn't handicap accessible. Actually, those home care agencies are their their employees are getting hurt. I mean, I, when I was when I was in the industry, there was a few agencies that we came into, and they said, "You please make this house handicap accessible because we've had six uh, uh, home care aides that have are now on leave, you know, medical leave because they got hurt, a hernia, moving somebody around, and, and where it yeah. couldn't be." And, I know that's a big thing is that most people can't even stay in their homes because they don't have a first floor better yeah. handicapped bedroom or bathroom, which Slip is, which is, yeah. which is one thing you don't even think about. Everybody has their bathroom on the second floor and then you live in there for, you know, your whole life and then you have one accident and you're, you can't come back. Well, the decision, like my wife and I bought our home, we have a one level, what they call yep. a ranch house. Yep. And it, we even said this years ago when I was, you know, early fifties, yep. I said, if we live longer, this is ideal. And when even we renovated, we made the doors wider. Yeah. Yep, even though exactly, we don't yep. need it so right now. Thirty-six inches. So what we did, yeah. So we, what we did, we, if you're planning on aging in place, yep. it's never too early to think about if you're planning to stay in your home, either the rest of your life or whatever. Oh, yeah. And you know, unfortunately, they don't build ranch houses anymore. But we were yep. we were have, have, lucky to have it, because tripping and falling, no matter what the age, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
even my wife tripped and fall coming out of the shed you know she went, yeah. broke her bone you know she's out of commission mm -hmm. and i was a caretaker for someone who was working and healthy yeah. so you don't know when it's going to occur oh for sure yeah. and most people then try to work around it and then you understand what the family's going through one way or the other so you're saying okay where are these resources yep. Yep. if i have to do this myself at least i should learn how to do good mm -hmm. and how am i going to get the support system mm -hmm. this is all evolves around family oh, it's not yeah. the government no it's not the state and then you kind of do it that way the challenge i've had in doing my business grading it going is that you know when you talk to traditional investors and you're i put a lot of my money into this already from you know, getting it going and i do have investors is that to really ramp it up they you know okay where's your monetizing where are you doing all this so i said i'm a kind of a between a social enterprise and a you know generating revenue side i said the most important thing is to build a community where they can come and they feel trust and then whatever auxiliary little products whatever you're going to spend it's fine because it, sometimes it's not a lot yeah. and sometimes it's a lot so they know where they can go and where they can do it because you have to build that environment mm -hmm. right now most people we've just did an experiment up in the Massachusetts area, this is National Caregiver Month, by the way. Yep. Uh, one of our clients, who's a geriatric care management operation, I said, you know, can we take this month, I'll even pay you to do it, I wanna do a little Facebook campaign to drive to a certain landing page on the site that provides help and support and tips. And let's just see what it is, 10 bucks a day is what we do in my agency side. And so halfway into the month, 1,400 people just in Boston and South Boston wow. area have gone to the site requesting information, getting more information, mm -hmm. would just do it. So we wanted to see how Facebook was active. By far, Facebook They're is, very, is active. very active in this area. <laughs> and so cool. capturing them, but if you go look at all the sites up mm -hmm. there, they're, all, they're not kind of organized and people are trying to figure out to do it. So then we said, what if we kind of organize? What if we have people who want to pass on? They've been a caregiver. Yep. What if it's a professional caregiver? What if someone's first to it? Can I do a query? And once you create that community, it's kind of like a social enterprise approach. You want to share yep. that information in order to make this happen. And then they might need products or services and you send them, you know, kind of like consumer reports. What, you know, what kind of stool should I put in the shower? Because mm -hmm. yeah. I got an option of 50 of them. Yeah. And so you vet the products, you vet the services, and then what you do is you provide this kind of living in place approach to doing it. And the thing we want to promote more than anything, you cannot start early enough to plan. That's, yeah. And, and that's our focus of our site is that yeah. get your will in order, get medical directives, no matter what the age is. We've seen the huge problems. It causes sibling rivalries mm -hmm. in doing that. Once you tell, you know, you have mom and dad in the house and one of them has terrible dementia, Mm -hmm. But they, they, you know, the other, you know, the other spouse doesn't want to let it go. When do you call and yep. say, Dad, you, you, your mom, you can't do this anymore. Yep. When do you pull the trigger? When do you create those stress levels to mm -hmm. minimize it? Because you're the caregiver. Yeah. So these are all these situations we just interviewed, lived, and everything. And one thing we're finding is great response. You know, to, to doing it. It's not that there's not other sites kind of doing this. Yeah. But the, you know the you know you kind of when you're last you know, when you're the caboose of the train you see all the trains in front of you, we're kind of that we're saying yeah. that's a better way to do this. Now, I, you mentioned that you're uh, looking to do the market research and such in uh, in Massachusetts. We already did to, it. it. Why did you choose our neighbor to the north versus Connecticut? Because you know we are the CT startup podcast, and I want to like <laughs> understand this. Is it because you, you the really want to be very frank? Well, is, is yeah, it yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll be very frank. It's much more conducive. There's a whole focus up there. It's an ecosystem. You're talking about the village? Digital health. 
up in no and up in Boston, yeah. the Boston eco. I'm involved with Mass Challenge. Okay, I'm involved nice, with the nice. whole ecosystem mm -hmm. up there. Uh, it's easier to get investors. There's much more yeah. support. I tried it here. I got investors down here, and I did everything I can possibly do. Uh, the whole approach of Massachusetts: a lot of private funding, great mentor networks. Yeah, networks they set you up. Um, here is good. I mean, you have reset. You go to it's, it's all scalable stuff. You know, where's where's the money? Mm -hmm. And here we depend more on the state yeah, in well, terms yeah, of startup. So and yeah. I mean, you're literally a Mass third guest Massachusetts, in the world. Yeah. it yeah, doesn't work that issue. way. Yeah. You, you, if you can't pull private companies and really great mentors yep. and great advisors, you have nothing. Mm -hmm. no, and if you have to state money to pay for it, once that money's gone, everyone goes somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think they're tr it's not the intent here, it's the execution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That you got to go, you, if you can't get the companies in the Hartford area or wherever they are, or and really... What's good in there is that you have UConn and you got you know you got Yale and they do a great job, but they don't work together. You got the second tier colleges who are trying to work together. We got a siloed state. I mean, this is the Balkans, <laughs> <laughs> and the healthcare makes it worse because the territory battles yep. and, and the control yep. for money, plus what's going on on the federal level, Medicare, Medicaid. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going loony. Yeah, <laughs> and it's you know so the families are sitting there saying, you know, I don't know public policy. You know, I don't know what CMS is doing tomorrow and, you know, all that other stuff. And now we just had an election. God knows what's going to happen. So it's, you know, you hope it doesn't entangle it too much. And so you go where, the, you know, you got, you know, you got a politic and a group of people who are going to support you. Yeah, yeah. It's not that people don't care what I'm doing. It's not their families don't do it it's here. You can't scale the business. They can't, can't scale mm -hmm. it and yep. get the money and yep. the support. And that's the only thing I see because, we, you know, we only have one angel fund here. You know, yeah. AIF, what you see here in CVG, yeah, exactly. you go up there and they got 45 angel funds, of which half are into medical or health areas. Yeah. So it's it's a scalable thing. Exactly. It's it's why, I mean, I live here. I'm not going to move. I was 20 years younger. I might move to Boston, but I'm not going to do that. I'm also employing six people, and I'm going to be bringing them up to Boston area, where they have the ecosystem to support it. And bringing the people in, and that's not good. Yeah, yeah. So, well, the, with, the, with the other side, I mean, it, your your response to why you'd be in Boston is not something that we haven't heard. It's not something that we haven't heard about New York and the same thing. But um, in regards to like you doing, it, have you uh, tapped into like the Village Network in Boston and, and, and around like Mass? Yeah, I, know. I know like the Village Network. So that's kind of where it became the Beacon Hill Village and all that. Familiar kind of thing. with these guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. do a great job. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of models out there. Yeah, but. What we saw, now I only would be doing this because these women that age are just online. The numbers are just overwhelming. <laughs> My grandmother is online way too much. And we even know the, we, <laughs> way too we much. Even know the time yeah. we even know the time of day of the week, oh. the seasons, yeah. actually when they're looking for it. If you want to be of some help, I tell anyone out there listening, the height of searching is from Thanksgiving to mid January. Mm. Why? They're Christmas visiting season. their families. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, well, that's, everybody's that's, on those phones. So, so, actually, so now they after yeah. that we saw a huge spike online. Yeah. I need, you know, God, I didn't realize mom really needs bad? more help. Yeah. Well, that that's the same thing that we saw is that we got most of our uh, most of our bigger contracts in January, February, March after they came back and they were like, "Geez, like she really does have dementia. Like she really can't get through the door, you know, with her wheelchair." And it's it, like, I mean, it's, and the second time is May and June. That's the other big searching. Yeah. It's vacation and what do we do right. with mom or dad? Yeah. Do we bring them along? Mm -hmm. Do we get someone in a house? Mm -hmm. So you get to see what it is, what they're looking for. If you do your homework and really yeah. be serious about it, how the searching goes on, the time of day. Yeah. 
So, so a question I have like about because when I got when I kind of got into this again, I, I'm from a younger man's perspective, you know, I wasn't not I'm not I'm never gonna die, you know, I'm gonna live forever, all this longevity stuff. Good luck with that. Yeah. Those are baby boomers. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, your yeah, generation's yeah. not built yeah. that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the big things that kind of showed up is that like nursing home and like the nursing home industry and putting people in assisted living, it well, th- it's a phenomenon of the United States. If you go all the way, you know, other parts of the world, they don't have these types of institutions. It's not a place where you can just go drop mom off and go see her once a month. Well, every state's trying to deal with it. Massachusetts does a great job. They have different programs in Connecticut, which I think are much more successful. They like to extend the care, so they go beyond the Medicaid. Are, are you talking principle. about like state? Uh, what's the um, what's the money follows the person? You're talking about like those. Yeah, they programs they'll, they'll give money beyond what Medicaid, yeah. the, the poverty level. So. They said, you know, this person needs care. We're not going to pay for a nursing home, but we will send, you know, someone Somebody from a home, a home care agency that's not medical, medically certified mm-hmm. into the home for a period of time. And so they're, they have their way advanced, way more yeah. than Connecticut. Um, and, and so what I was kind of getting at is, is like in other parts of the world, it's more of a multi-generational we responsibility. It's more responsibility for the entire family, not necessarily just the person who just is closest to them, right? Like close in proximity to them to, to hang out. So that was just one of the big things that I kind of saw was that, again, dealing with these families, it was either the closest brother or sister that got it or the closest, you know, d- daughter or son that, that had to deal with it. And then everybody else was kind of off the hook. Well, the other thing to bring into this, the technology is going to be a big hook. Oh, yes. That's that what we're finding more requests for is monitoring. Oh, the sensors. If, did you open the door? Or did you not come no, back No, you have in? the video camera reminding yeah. of medicines, mm-hmm. the clunking, the PERS stuff. And, you know, and so we're, we're going to do a pilot program with some of the, actually the agencies yep. who said, listen, you can't afford six hours, but if we put a monitoring and put two hours in. So you're going to find these new business models yep. that we're exploring. Telemedicine and kind of similar. Well, the kind of way where they can look at, even if they're in the same town or they're living in the other state, the equipment's all out there. It's a matter of, do we loan it to them? Do we rent it out? Do we do things? And so even the industry itself has to change because yep. it's going to go way beyond, you know, people are not going to, who can't afford and, and pay 20, 30 grand a year. 20, 30 grand, yeah. I mean, a to, nursing, to, to, nursing home maybe. No, no, that, no, <laughs> this is just for basic four <laughs> yeah. hours a day. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. And so it's. The modeling gets, the business models are going to change. I'm sticking my parents in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nothing as long, new. As, as yeah, long as it's handicap accessible. It has to be handicap nope, accessible. Nope, stairs only. They can't get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm burying them early. No, I'm terrible. <laughs> Love you, Mom. <laughs> Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Him. Yeah, he, uh, he knows Off social media, and that got him in. That was yeah. that's it. <laughs> we, the, the whole speaking role thing is a test right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess, so I guess the, the big thing is that, um, your your website is more of a tool, like a free tool to, to people that are caregivers. There, there'll be there, I have or? to generate revenue, but we went and even asked people what are they willing to pay for what they're not, and we we have we call it you know it's the essential family give, family caregiver toolkit. So for 150 bucks a year, they get a lot of stuff. They get two hours of free counseling on the phone. Yep. So it's in 20 minute segments. You know, they get a guidebook out there. They have access to a third party to put what you call a family vault, get all the papers organized around it. There's training guides. There's 10 video tips. Mm-hmm. So all these are like five bucks, you know, very nominal cost things. Yep. And the whole, whole idea, our job is to build the audience. Yeah. I'm in a PR marketing business. Exactly, yeah. you, know, I, you know, our job is to get people on TV and mm-hmm. in the paper. And, you know, if I don't do it for myself, I, it's the shoemaker son of the worst <laughs> yeah, condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to, you know, to do, but you don't do that until the product is beta tested. You know, yeah. you don't go out and sell something 
you know, until the, you know, the engine's built. Yep, for sure, for sure. So that's where we are right now. So I am raising money because I want to finish this beta test. I rear did, we did one beta test, but it was an incomplete. And this is the way when you do a startup. It's pivoting, starting. Yeah, it happens. You know, how many times you hear this story? <laughs> <laughs> not, I, enough, not enough. Not yeah. enough. And uh, plus, I've been a mentor. Um, you know, I've invested in startups. Yeah. I've had them as clients. This is, you know, and so doing it yourself is like, you know, gee, what do I start? What do I do? It's like, yeah. but no, I mean, I know what to happen. I just, I, I learned not what to do. Yeah. And to do it right, it just takes time. It's patience, right? But there is a window. There's a lot more people looking at this field. There's a very robust Boston ecosystem evolved digital health. Yep. They're putting a lot of time and money. Uh, we just applied to Pulse, which was part of Mass yeah. Challenge. Is that Virgin Pulse? No, like it's, the, it's part of Mass Challenge. It's a separate thing for okay. digital health. Yeah. And so they're putting a lot of money, and we submitted to get it, you know, in there. But you know, we're being reviewed right now to see if we can become part of the program. And they're going to hook you up the whole ecosystem up in Boston to pilot these startups. And there's a whole section under caregiving. So they broke it by sections. And it's, uh, I'd love to bring it down here because I think, you know, we are also a health, we're was, also a strong health I was going to say, it sounds like something Connecticut needs to start paying attention to. Actually, uh, one of my clients is actually a home care company. And they, uh, they, you know, it's a big concern for them. They're trying to figure out how, you know, it's, it's not, most of their clients are not paid through insurance. And, and they're right. trying to figure out how to provide good care and put people in in homes and still be effective for a reasonable rate. Mm -hmm. Here's my so card. Yeah. Hey, no, <laughs> seri seriously, I, I, I'm, you yeah, should yeah, pardon yeah. me because I'll give it to them. They, I, I think it's a very important area. It's an it's an area that desperately needs a rethink, and, and I'm glad that you're doing it. Um, yeah. it unfortunately, it looks like they're starting to wrap up yeah. the, uh, the the conference for today, but. Uh, a couple of things. First, uh, as everybody now here in the background. Um, uh, first of all, I wanted we want to hear how your company is doing. I want you to come back on. Um, you know, as things develop, I think uh, our listeners would like to know more. And uh, even if they don't, I want to know more, and uh, and then force them to listen to it. Um, and then, if you could leave the podcast, all that we said about uh, Connecticut, Massachusetts, but there's a positive thing that you could pass on to the other entrepreneurs and investors and others who are going to be listening. What's your message? Family's the basis of society. You got to take a look at that before you can do anything good. Love nice. it. Love it. I like nice. that one. Thanks very much, Ira. Thank you, Ira. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the CT Startup Podcast. We want to thank our audio sponsor, the Murphy Kalina Law Firm, our guests for their time and input, our production company, Sublime Exposure Online, and of course, you, our listeners, for helping make all this possible. Make sure to check out our Facebook page our webpage at ctstartup.com, and our Twitter at ctstartupcast. And please make sure to join our newsletter for all the latest information on the connected startup. Show.